Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. I'm a type four on the Enneagram, so I think authenticity is is really, really important to me. And I, I do need people to know who I am. I do think these projects absolutely help show there's more to me than you think there is. I'm, I'm a little bit bonkers. <laughs> Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking, This is episode 129. In this episode, I'm joined by Suze Fish, an introverted paper crafter who strives to share her real self through her social media posts and scrapbook projects. Our conversation touches on overspending, insecurities, and finding your own path as a creative. This is our final episode of The Photo's Journey. Members get access to an exclusive journey classroom with guided adventures and optional excursions. Make sure you join before August 30th to get access. And now, my conversation with Suze. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Hiya, it's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I have wanted to talk to you for so long, and I think this is going to be such a good show. Can you share a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Suze Fish. I am 48, um, married to a Methodist minister, and we live on the Isle of Man with our daughter, Kitty, who's 13, and our two ragdoll cats. And we've been here for four years now, I think. Very fun. Yes, and many of our listeners may know you from uh, around the interwebs and being a scrapbooker. <laughs> you mentioned before we popped on that you were a previous uh, guest on the Paper Clipping Roundtable. Yes. Um, so you've been around for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I worked out the other day, I was trying to work out how long I'd been scrapbooking, and it's actually only seven years, and it feels a lot, lot longer. Wow. Well, a lot can change in seven years, particularly Mm. when 2020 was a whole seven years in itself. Oh, goodness. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. So what's exciting you right now in scrapbooking? It could be, you know, a product, an app, a class, a person, just a fun idea. Yeah, sure. I wasn't sure how to pronounce this. It's it's something really obvious, but I'm a bit late to the game. Um, is it? Do you pronounce it basil or basil cardstock? Is it basil, like the man's name? I said basil. Yeah, basil. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm really late to this. I kind of always thought patterned paper was where it's at, but just recently I've really enjoyed um, buying really pretty colours of basil cardstock and making my own backgrounds with modelling paste and paint. And you can really the beautiful quality, aren't they? And all these lovely shades. Um, it's it's really really fun to make your own backgrounds. 
I'm so fascinated by this because you are so into the white aesthetic, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, clean lines, black and white. And so I would have assumed that like white cardstock was your go to. Yeah, so. it, it really was for a long time. But just recently, I've been really craving, you know, bubblegum pink and really pretty blues and lilacs and aquas. And I'm not sure what's brought that on. But uh, yeah, I, I was very much all about the white at one point. Oh, yeah. So fun. <laughs> yeah. So you are such a, a talented scrapbooker and artist, and you're actually one of our featured artists here back in 2018. Yeah, that's but right. I've always just admired this kind of spunky, quirky irreverence you've had on social media. Uh-huh. And I noticed a few years ago you started this like Barbie and Felicity Jane series, and I'm like, <laughs> well, that sounds like it, it all looks so perfect but it's got to take so much time to craft these tiny little things <laughs> and it just it made me take notice that you were doing something a little bit different than i than other people were doing a bit quirky um, <laughs> yeah i love it so much and then just recently you did a kind of a fake wedding series and i'm like oh my yeah. gosh i have to learn more about <laughs> who's this person behind you know, this, the personality that sure. you portray on social media. Who so, is this, this bonkers they, lady? <laughs> <laughs> not at all. So maybe you just kind of take us back to that seven years. How did you come into scrapbooking? Sure. Yeah. I started because I had a shopping problem. I was, I couldn't go a day without <laughs> buying something. And I came across a leaflet in one of our hobby stores in the UK for uh, smash books. And I thought, well, that's a great idea. If I buy a book, a notebook, I can stick in this book everything or photos of things that I would have bought. And I filled a whole book and I filled an A4 book full of photographs of all the things that I would have bought otherwise, cut from magazines or photos that I'd taken. And it really, really helped, but not in the way I expected. I just realized I'm really enjoying cutting and sticking in this book. It's really therapeutic. So then with this sort of idea of smashbooking, I kind of did a bit of research what scrapbooking was all about. And I came across a scrapbooker called Stephanie Bryan. And I just oh, fell yeah. in Yeah, I just fell in love and thought, oh goodness, I, I need to try this. And the first things I did were absolutely awful. They were like um collage mood boards. There was I was just more is more. I was just sticking things all over the page. There was no white space or breathing room at all. Um but it just brought me so much joy. And I don't I don't know if you remember the sort of honeymoon period when you started scrapbooking, but I was just running around the, the house saying, look at this, I made this one and now I've made this. And I bought a little kit on eBay, um, an American crafts kit, and it had a little album. It was a little brown fabric album and it had some stickers and some embellishments and a few paper clips, I think. And I made a little album of Kitty's, my daughter's um, birth um, photos. And I was just smitten. Absolutely. This is what I want to keep doing forever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that's when it became an obsession really. So I'm curious, kind of jumping before that time, were you creative in other ways? Like was, has, was crafting part of your life or was it when you were younger? It really was. I've um, always been artistic. I, I went to art college and studied graphic design and illustration. So I'd been doing that as a job, um, illustrating children's um, books and things. 
so very much artistic, but I'd always been intimidated by scrapbooking. I'd, I'd seen all the products in the in the hobby shop aisles and not understood it. And I've I'd, I'd always been a bit kind of, I, I don't know how to do that or what, what you do with those things. I remember seeing boxes of Project Life products and those lovely white boxes and just thinking, I've no idea what that is at all it, it could have been anything <laughs> but just finding oh, sure. it, finding it too um intimidating really to to try so uh I did scrap lift for about a year I scrap lifted Wilna Furstenberg and Stephanie Bryan and Marcy Penner dear Lizzie just literally almost every day for a year I did a, a, a different scrap lift to learn how how you did this thing because it, it's not what well, it's not obvious, is it? <laughs> How you do it? No, it's not. But but I think scrap lifting maybe if you've not kind of known that that's acceptable. I guess it's certainly more than acceptable. It's awesome. Yeah. But uh, I think some people are intimidated that maybe that's not right. That's you know that's copying. But oh. that's such an amazing way to teach yourself how do I make something that looks like this sure yeah and I think it's it was, just super powerful yeah, yeah I think it was the only way really for me to learn how to do it because I, I hadn't got a clue you know you've got this huge piece of paper and just well how do I not make this look like some magazine mood board you know covered in buttons and washi tape how do we actually organize it into something else rather yeah. than just the, you know, the the collage? Yeah, I get it. That's so. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think that you can audition different styles like, oh, I like that. But then when your hands actually do that, does that feel comfortable? And do you like the end result? And then yes or no. And you keep, you know, learning about what will become your own process mm. as you, you know, mirror that of others but it's also celebrating them i think i love one of the things i love about our community is that a scrap loaf especially when you're sharing it online saying like i was so inspired by so and so and then they feel good about that and you have a pretty page and yeah absolutely everybody's happy definitely yeah that's right so what types of products or projects are you loving today I really like, um, I like to do my scrapbooking quite thriftily. So I, I really like using things that you might find perhaps in a haberdashery shop, like ribbons and buttons and little bits and bobs and scraps of lace and that kind of thing. I, I really like, we, we don't have an awful lot of access to product um, in the UK. It's quite, quite tricky and quite expensive. Um, so I love finding tags and envelopes just sort of bits genuine scrap too you know scraps of pretty wrapping paper or tissue paper that kind of thing that um that goes a long way what about the size of things that you're creating are you creating 12 by 12 pages mini books you know, the, yeah. I think today there's so many options. And... <laughs> That's right. I went through a real phase. Well, I started with layouts and then I went through a couple of years. I think I, I reached a point with my layouts where it felt like showing off. I'd, I'd reached a point where I was aware that I was trying to make things that were impressive. And oh. I caught I caught myself thinking, this isn't healthy. Let's stop this. So I stopped making layouts and for a long time made very unimpressive little scruffy books, which I called my scrap therapy books. And I loved making those and they weren't, you know, they weren't um, impressive in any way. 
but I just really enjoyed the process of making these little books with binder rings. But just recently, I've really got back into making layouts and um, I'm, I'm working hard to keep myself in a healthy place with it where I'm not. Because I, I think you can get into a place where you're, I must make something for social media to bring in the likes, to remind people that I'm good at this. And and I think when you get into that messy, I think it's, it all gets very uncomfortable and really I think you need to you know press the pause button at that point yeah can we go back to that point when you stopped making layouts and started you like you made this deliberate decision to start making these books Mm. like what was going on in your mind and you know what was like and how does that feel different than how you feel about it today like I'm curious to kind of peel back the layers of this because I think there's going to be listeners out there that maybe are in this place but don't realize they are right yeah I think when I was making the little books it felt so fun and playful and really unimpressive like I, I was just aware nobody's going to be impressed by this but I'm having so much fun putting things together and layering up things and making them really tactile and beautiful to me um that it it really did tick the box of this is creative playtime and it was only really recently um Obed Marshall who's got the line with American Crafts asked me to work with his new products and make some layouts and it really struck me gosh he still thinks I'm a good scrapbooker (laughs) I know that sounds it sounds crazy but I thought okay well if if he's got confidence that I can I can make layouts with his products let's let's see if I still can because it had been a couple of years really that I'd stopped and focused on these little books. So, um, yeah, I, I gave it my best shot and really fell back in love with, with 12 by 12s. And, um, and now it, it is just a case of what am I making next? I've, I've just forgotten how much I love this. <laughs> well, I think it sounds like you've tapped into your like what feeds you you know you mentioned before we started recording that you're really you are in this for the creative process because that fills you up and maybe maybe you didn't always understand that about yourself or you you hadn't you weren't ready to tap into it or something possibly I think I I have always done this in a kind of therapeutic way it's it's okay. very much the way that I cope with things if I'm if I'm stressed or anxious that's when I, I need to scrapbook. The um, mm-hmm. the day we found out where we would be placed as a ministry family, I was at 10 out of 10 stressed because it could have been anywhere in Britain and you don't get a choice the first time. So I, I was really very, very anxious. It could have been um, London, could have been Birmingham, could have been Scotland, could have been anywhere. Um, and I, I, as my husband took the phone call to find out where we were going to be, I was sat at my craft table making just because that was my way to cope and calm myself. And I think I just, I've come to associate cutting and sticking with being in a good place inside myself. It's, it's almost a, I don't know, like a reflex sort of, it's, it's, it's a response that happens now that I feel calm as I cut and stick. And I'll very often take fussy cutting to the doctors and sit in the waiting room cutting just because it does calm me down and I have those good associations Oh, I love that. And I love that you know that about yourself so you can use it as a tool. Yeah, absolutely. Because we all go through periods of of stress and things like that. So. Sure, yeah. Now, do you do you like where you live now? You mentioned, you know, you have a little bit more limited access and you've lived there for four years. It seems such like a beautiful place. 
Oh, it's gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, I, I do love it. I think it's it's a mixed bag because we know we're not here for good. Um, with the Methodist Church, you do move on mm-hmm. after a certain number of years. So to be somewhere so beautiful next to the sea um, in, a, in a gorgeous house they've bought us, it's um, it's hard not to spend all my time thinking, it's going to be hard to leave this. <laughs> um, oh, yes. So hard to I stay in the present. Yes. yes I, I think you put down roots sideways so that they, they're kind of easy to lift up when the time comes. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful, though. It's an absolutely gorgeous island. It's a bit of a hidden gem, really. For sure. Yeah. No, I, I Googled some pictures and I was like, oh, and I've obviously seen in your feed some of some places that you've photographed as well. Yeah, sure. So we are recording this episode in June, but it won't be coming out till a little bit later, probably August when you all are listening to this. Uh-huh. But as of right now, you are starting a brand new Patreon. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about your decision to go this direction? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm I was about to say just a housewife, but I am a housewife. Ooh. I'm a you know, homemaker is so um, you know, I, I iron clerical shirts and school uniform and make pet lunches. but um, And I enjoy that. But for quite a while, I've been feeling I would like to do something related to scrapbooking. And I'm, I'm really not sure what to do. I, I want a focus other than just creating for social media and blogs and, and whatnot. And I'm also very specific about the colours I like. So being on a design team isn't always the perfect fit because they're not always pink. <laughs> And I do love my pastel colours. Um, so I, I had what the a idea. fascinating challenge. I'd never thought of that. I mean, because you are very consistent in your yeah. design preferences. Yeah. And that design teamwork may not always be the perfect fit for that. Well, that's right. And, and the times I have tried to, even with designing my own kits, because I, I illustrated my own um, products, even the times I've tried to work perhaps with an orangey palette for autumn, I've really not enjoyed the process at all. I'm just all about this certain palette um so I, I was looking for a focus for this sort of creative energy really and then had the idea if I could design a little kit each month charge a very small amount um show some friends how to make a page using that kit that they could print at home that would be a nice a sort of not not a beginner's class, but it would be great for perhaps people on a budget or people who are quite happy to watch you make something and make along with you and be a bit guided. Mm-hmm. I'd always thought I couldn't teach lessons because I'm not really a very good teacher. But then it did occur to me, I can't teach how to do things properly, in inverted commas, but I can show people how I do it. People who like my pages might be happy to see how I do it and and learn why I'm making the decision decisions I make, why I'm choosing things, why I'm putting them in certain spots. So I, I thought actually there is some value here. I do have something to offer. So yeah, it's been fantastic. It's it's been really good. I've got a lovely, lovely group of of friends that are just so supportive. I, I think they they would have followed me anywhere really just to be kind. <laughs> but it's it's really lovely and I'm really enjoying it. Well, and that's so terrific. And as you mentioned that a lot of times the types of of items that you're using and the techniques that you're using may be a little bit different. So I think what you're offering is, you know, very you, but then something that's has its own unique place Mm. in our community as well. Mm, I hope so. 
Yeah. How do you feel, feel like this is going to better support your needs as, you know, just both uh, a human, a mom, and a creator versus what you were doing before? Yeah, I, I, I do think this is going to provide a, a real scrappy hub, really, a, a centralized place for my little community. Because I do I do have some some little, little they're not little, um, some friends that, that do do really support me in my creativity and um, very happy to interact and chat. And I, I think I hadn't realized that Patreon actually offers quite a good community in terms of commenting and liking and, you know, we're sharing our work on Instagram with a hashtag and that kind of thing. So I think it's going to really um, give me a good a good focus that isn't just doing laundry and um, mowing lawns. <laughs> well, that sounds super fun. Mm, definitely. So I want to turn our focus now a little bit more to kind of the why and then your your perspective on the social content that you have created and, and I'm sure will continue to create in various forms. Like your, to start off, your photos are always just so amazing. Uh, Thank you. And you mentioned you have graphic design training. Do you have other training in photography or are you all like self-taught watching youtube videos with I, um with your camera <laughs> I, yeah i don't actually have any knowledge about photography at all um i just set the camera to auto every time i know how to turn all the dials to a and i i don't I almost refused to learn. It's terrible. We had a kitchen aid for three years and I was still whisking things by hand because I didn't want to learn how to use it. I'm really, really, <laughs> really stubborn when it comes to learning anything to do with technology. Um, so, no, I I just take a lot, I think, is probably the key. Probably for every decent shot, there's probably 20 that are, are useless. Well, and I think I, I think that is common practice because the first shot may not get it, and so you just need to take a lot and try different things, experiment. Yeah. Um, but also to show that the, I'm curious, how much editing do you do, and like, what's the balance between trying to get the lighting and everything right beforehand to take a good shot versus editing it to make everything pop later yeah I edit my photos to death and um, really there's there's nothing that, <laughs> that, I, that I do beforehand it's all the brightness is cranked right up and the vibrance and yeah it, they're, they're really edited very very heavily <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other tricks for you know I mentioned that your your Instagram feed has been so just you have this clean white aesthetic that's I mean, my, most of my walls in my house are cream, so it's really Aww. hard to get everything white because I have that golden glow to everything. Yeah, so sure. So what other tips do you have if, if people are really attracted to your style of maybe, you know, quote unquote, over editing and all that? What, yeah. what would you share with our listeners? Yeah, I think um, one of the things I do is looking for the white. I mean, it, it, it backfires in a lot of ways because we're on this beautiful green island. Um, so an awful lot of the island doesn't get its photo taken. But I do, if we're out and about and there's a lovely white pavement or, or very bright pavement, perhaps I'll take a photo of my feet or there's a little dog sticking its head over a wall that's that's pale. Um, I do look for the paleness. Another trick um, to make your Instagram feed look bright is to add every now and then a square that maybe has a quote on it or something with a white background that can really help to balance things and add that sort of light quality. 
Oh, what a fun tip. Thank you. <laughs> so let's let's maybe turn to Barbie for a moment. Barbie oh, yes. and her Felicity Jane kids. <laughs> how how did this all begin? Are these your I wanna know is it is it just one Barbie? Are there multiple? And is it yours or your daughter's? <laughs> it's my daughter's Barbie. There's only one. Um, I think she's actually Rapunzel, or she was at one point. Um, I I just love playing Barbie. I mean, my daughter wasn't really into Barbies at all, but I was every birthday and Christmas buying all these little you know bits and bobs to go with the house. Um, and it just occurred to me this could be really fun to create this character. You know, scrapbooker Barbie. So here she is in her spotty dress and put, put it behind a desk and now she's at Creativation and oh, let's print out some tiny Felicity Jane papers and make a tiny little box that looks like one of the stripy kits. And it was just so much fun. And um, yeah, one of those things that really snowballed. I think people kind of encouraged me online and yeah, <laughs> it's just too much fun. <laughs> It is so much fun. Now, Ooh. like her clothing, are you like hand sewing her clothing and all of that? No, no. Most of her clothes actually were ones that I had when um, when I had Barbies when I was younger. So they're actually vintage. But uh, Oh, that's so fun. I love it. I yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, it was just and fun. And then what about... Just fun to set her up in little scenes like, oh, Barbie makes the design team. Here she is holding a little grid and there's all the other Barbies on it and... <laughs> You can just, you know, the ideas just get get a bit carried away with it all. Well, and your captions are just so funny. Like, do you consider yourself a funny person? I uh, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I suppose I try to be a bit quirky. Yeah, yeah. Everything is just so clever. I love it. Oh, thank you. Okay, now we need to talk about the fake wedding. Sure. So, like, I just, I, I started seeing these and I'm like, wait, did I miss something? Like, what is going on here? And so I had to go, like, look back and look at all the different posts. And I'm like, I think she's just taking pictures. Um, <laughs> trying to figure out how did this all begin? Yeah. Uh, was it your idea? Was it your followers' idea? It was very you know? much my idea. I was watching Say Yes to the Dress. And I was, okay. thinking, I was thinking to myself, it's a shame I didn't have that moment where I put on the dress and wanted to cry because I was so happy. Because it was 20 years ago that we got married and I was a co mm -hmm. completely different person then. I was very people-pleasing. I actually asked my husband what colour scheme we should have. Um, I didn't have any styling skills or, you know, our, our wedding photographs, they're, they're lovely, but they're, they're taken against the red brick of the church and... I didn't have my makeup and hair done. My dress was was lovely, but it it, it was a, it was a pretty satin gown. It wasn't wow, look at that dress. And I, I really wanted yeah. that moment. So I, I said to my husband, "This is bonkers, but would it be okay if I go on eBay and buy a cheap wedding dress and maybe we pose in the kitchen for some new photos?" And he was completely game. He he understood, said, yeah, no problem at all. So um, I actually bid on an, a great big meringue of a dress um, and I got it for close to £20. And uh, we ordered some um, fake flowers and I bought some cupcakes, iced them in pretty colours and just made this new wedding album in my scrappy style with all the photos of us, you know, been married 20 years, but... <laughs> Here's our new wedding album. And I love it. I loved the whole process. It was so much fun. 
Well, that's so fun. I love how your husband was supportive. And of course, I'm sure it was it was fun to have your daughter there to, to see it. And yeah, she, just, she was not so, so impressed, beautiful. actually. She, she was oh, not, really? She was <laughs> determined not to be involved. I even offered, I said, you know, like you could be our goth bridesmaid if you want me to get you a black dress. And, you know, that, that could be fun. And she just wanted no part in it at all. <laughs> That's so cute. I love it. So, <laughs> there are, our children are often very unpredictable, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just feel like you, you're so good at creating the curiosity with your your short little clever captions and just, just making me chuckle in addition to the, the images and the, the scrapbook works being just so beautiful and striking. Oh, so thank you just you. have this kind of this package. <laughs> That's that, really kind. Uh, that, that really resonates. Thank um, you. But you mentioned that you're an introvert. So oh, Yes. Yes. How do you think that like this, I mean, the the kind of stories that you're telling with your social media, whether they're, I mean, these are, you know, the fake wedding, it's still a, it's a pretend story and the Barbie's a pretend story. Mm. How do you think this intersects with you being an introvert and maybe the ways you need to express yourself? Yeah, I definitely think there's a link. I mean, uh, being a minister's wife too, there's, there's a, a kind of acceptance that you'd be pretty straight and perhaps a little bit earnest or and and I'm not I'm quite irreverent and um have a bit of a potty mouth at times and um I feel things quite passionately so I, I think perhaps these chances to express myself and be creative really do help with that it's a sort of way to show up authentically um I'm a type four on the Enneagram so I think authenticity is is really really important to me and I, I do need people to know who I am so yeah I, I do think these projects absolutely help show there's more to me than you think there is I'm I'm a little bit bonkers. <laughs> no, I love it, but to be able to express, you know, your your childhood love of Barbie with Barbie as a scrapbooker today and your appreciation of uh, beautiful photos and scenery and designing things with your mm. fake wedding. I mean, it all it does each little each little photograph and each series shares more about your personality and what's important to you even though it's you know fun and quirky but it's still so much so personal yeah absolutely telling people who I actually am and what what I enjoy you know and I I I do enjoy Britney Spears and Barbie and bubblegum and you know all those things do float my boat and I I think it's important to really be who you are isn't it oh for sure especially today because I think it's so easy to pretend i guess i think yeah. there's this the, the, sometimes the the urge to to go for that perfection and you even mentioned that with you know you're creating these layouts that are bigger and bolder for the sole purpose of you know they're going to get likes mm. but is that really you is are you really expressing your own authentic creativity with it or are you doing what you know is going to get attention that's it exactly mm-hmm. yeah so in terms of thinking about your experience online with social media and your Mm. creativity Mm. how do you balance the experimentation of of doing something fun and seeing what what feels good and what maybe you know Mm. others enjoy as well with that desire to be so polished Mm. it's so tricky isn't it because we none of us want to put something online that isn't good we we want people to think we're good at this and yet it's in experimentation and playing 
and really trying different things that let's give this a go this could all go completely wrong it's then that we get really creative and these these accidents happen and we think actually that's lovely I remember watching a video um one of Wilner's videos actually where her paint ran down the page and at the time she said oh no no it's run that's that's kind of ruined it but then she let it dry and she made the rest of her page and she said I actually love that now and then it kicked off a whole trend of people getting paint running down their pages deliberately yes because it looked so great and we all do that now don't we we you know put on yes. the paint and hold the page up so it runs down beautifully but I, d- I do remember seeing her do that the first time I'd, I'd seen someone do that and it was an accident and I, I think there's absolute value in um, in layering up things and experimenting and just seeing what effect it has to put that paint over the modeling paste and add this crayon and you know really see why not let's try this and see how how it turns out when, and if you look at creators online, the ones that I think have the most connection with their followers are the ones that are being real every step of the way and sharing the failures as much as the successes. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. I don't think it's the ones with that are all perfect that they may have millions of followers, but they're not necessarily have a connection with their, with their people. Right. Right. Um, so today, are you paying attention to what others are creating and how they are posting online and what other scrapbookers are doing? How, how do you balance that? How does that make you feel? Yeah, I really try to not look, actually, because I've got this theory that we need as creatives to put the blinkers on sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think sometimes we all end up sort of scrap lifting each other to the extent that we're all making the same stuff um I think I think there's freedom really in in not looking too much um I love that phrase dance like no one's watching and you, you we all almost all need just to you know eyes down and let's make what I make and do what I do and not try and be each other because what's working for her and what's getting followers for her that that's not a good reason for me to do it if that makes sense for sure it seems like maybe there's almost this kind of evolution that we have to take though that if you are a non-scrapbooker trying to figure out how do i do this and then once you understand these are the materials these are some of the techniques that people use then you have to intentionally say okay now i'm going to go and take that and follow my heart and my own intuition that's it absolutely Um, that's totally it yeah there's there might be phases for us and we are all in certain phases and so of course sometimes we may even circle back because suddenly somebody's doing something that you've never done before so you want to try that and then okay let's close our eyes and and move on yeah definitely I think I think the danger for me is when I see that there's a technique that people are doing that's popular and it's maybe something that's very tidy or it's very com- intricate or it's taken a long time and that kind of thing gets applause I think it's it's almost worth me thinking don't go there because that's not a reason to make to make a page in that way that's that's not a good motivation well it sounds like you like a lot of um freedom, happy accidents, mm. you know, it's, it's a little bit more of an organic creative process than mm. the structured, let's 
let's you know make a type of stained glass window with thousands of pieces type of thing. <laughs> That's right. I'm not sure I've ever made one of those. Yeah. Mm. So, so does does social media? How does it make you feel today? Do you ever feel negatively ab- like about maybe your own creativity when you're when you are browsing? Uh, yeah, um, I have struggled with it, to be honest. At one point, I completely deleted my Instagram account and took my blog down and, and just stitched the lot. Um, it felt like the numbers had become a focus in a way that was not healthy for me as a person, that I was no longer creating for fun and for the joy of it, but it had become... Yeah, it felt like a roundabout, like, what am I posting next? What will people expect next? What's going to bring in the likes next? And I, I don't like the idea of feeding a machine like that, because you never come to the end of that. There's always, you know, there's always something more to add to an Instagram feed. And it it can start to feel, what am I doing here? This this isn't joyful. This isn't life-giving. So I have struggled um, an awful lot. And I, I think... Um, People have been very patient with me, really, because I, I do, you know, turn 90 degrees <laughs> very quickly. As soon as, a, as soon as something feels overwhelming or unhealthy, I'm very quick to, I can't do this anymore. You know, this, this has to stop, which isn't always very nice when you're following somebody. Well, I think that I've seen a lot of different dialogue in various spaces about kind of creators rights to make their own decisions and they don't necessarily owe their audiences something like this is your you know you as the creator choosing to show up and share Hmm. uh they're consuming free content and if you decide that you need to do something else for you that's that's your choice yeah i guess so i think it's when your followers become friends that it it can feel a bit unfair can't it to just you know, this is all too much right now. There's stuff going on in my real life that means I can't do this as well. I'm mm-hmm. a- I'm out of here. That that can that can feel harsh, and I, I do understand that. But um, yeah, so I I have struggled um, with with the whole social media thing. I think I'm in a very good place with it now. Actually, I think I've, I've reached a point. I'm not following many people at all on Instagram, and I've I've got a handful of people on Facebook, close family that I follow. I, I don't. I'm not posting an awful lot. I, th- I think I'm probably the healthiest I've been with it all, really. Oh, that's terrific! I love mm. to hear that. Yeah. So, is there anything else you'd like to share about kind of your experience as a creative and and, and showing up online and what you've learned from that? Um, I think I think it's important for me to keep focusing on why. I'm doing this. For me, it's it's very much about the therapy of creating and and keeping it simple, I, th- I think, is another thing. It can be so tempting to turn creativity into a shopping experience. And I, I think for, for me, having had a shopping addiction, I can't risk letting this, this thing that gives me joy and keeps me sane, I can't risk letting that become a shopping thing so so to keep it focused on the actual scrap and the wrapping paper and the tissue paper that's that's really important to keep it simple I think is 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 key for me um yes and I, I think just keeping it about expressing myself create creatively and not about pr- producing things that are impressive I'm, I'm not 
I, th- I think the minute my thinking starts shifting into I would like to impress with this, that that really is the time for me to take a step back because that's it, it's not a healthy place um, for an adult to be. I think. Oh, I love that. I mean, it's such a, a important and beautiful way to think about it, and really it's powerful because so many of us get stuck in that and we realize we're not in a healthy place, but we're not quite sure what changes we need to make. Right. Uh, We know that something's not filling us up. It's not feeding us the way it should be. And then we have to start looking, not just the broad strokes, but really specifically about our behaviors and where we are hanging out, who we're hanging out with, how we're consuming, how we're creating and how that does or does not you know, nourish your, your soul. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Cause I, I wasn't really aware it was a problem for, because, because you guys are traditional memory keepers, aren't you? And you're recording things that have happened and mm-hmm. often, often not sharing those pages because they have personal photos. And I kind of thought it was perhaps a different experience that, that proper scrapbookers and in inverted commas make their pages and put them in albums and perhaps share on forums occasionally. But I've always felt like my approach is is a little bit different in that I'm literally grabbing a pretty photo and trying to make something pretty and have fun doing it. And there's no memory involved at all. I think no matter what, and I always like to describe it as this like spectrum that there are some scrapbookers that are purely in it for the creative outlet. And Mm. then there's some are in it purely for the documentation and the legacy, mm. but most of us tend to be somewhere along the middle. And it right. certainly sounds like you're very much on that, that creative end and that's, that's beautiful in itself, but we all have this kind of unique balance and that can even ebb and flow during different seasons of life. Sometimes you're in it more for the playfulness and the creativity and sometimes more you feel the clock ticking and you want to get some things documented for the future. So I think but no matter where you are on that spectrum, I think we all struggle with how much do we share online? Sure. Uh, what? How is this making me feel? Mm. Am I really just doing this for for the gram, you know, for the likes mm. because I want to get attention and validate my own creativity because of that? So mm. I don't think, I think it doesn't matter why you're doing it to start with, why you're showing up online, I think is a kind of a universal Okay, well, that's interesting. I I find it interesting to notice or to try and observe myself when I'm posting something online, because I Mm -hmm. really, it really makes me think, you know, how old are you eight? If if it doesn't get likes, or if if it if it does get lots of likes, I I can feel my my feelings towards the page, I can have posted it thinking, I love this. I'm so proud of this. I had so much fun making this people are going to love it. And then I post it. And if it's very quiet, the response, I'll start thinking, Oh, maybe it wasn't so good. No, maybe maybe I'll make something. And it really affects, you've got to not let it affect what you're making, haven't you? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard. And, you know, you mentioned you thought that many's maybe more documentary scrapbookers just put their pages away. Someone like me who's in the industry, I feel like almost that I, I have to, like if I'm going to create something, it needs to be, you know, quote unquote, for the business, I need right. to share it, like, to say that I'm, I'm a scrapbooker, too. And I don't know, I, I certainly do struggle with that, too. Oh, that's interesting. So there's a pressure there for you to produce something good in inverted commas, because you're a scrapbooking professional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, so I think yeah, you're you're certainly you're certainly not alone in this wanting to have a, a healthy relationship with it. Yeah, oh, that's good. Well, it's been so fun to talk to you and get to to hear more about your perspective and and hear where you're going. Thank you. You too. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. If you like the podcast, you'll love being a member. When you join, you'll get access to weekly Zoom crops, bi-monthly retreats, and a huge content library. You can head over to simplescrapper.com slash membership to learn more and join our creative community.